Welcome to the Wild and Well podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hilary Clare, a clinical psychologist, holistic parenting mentor with a focus on nutrition and environmental medicine, a yogi, author, and mom of two wild boys. Here, we will delve into the big and the little things that move the needle for children's health and mental wellness in a modern world that doesn't always make it easy to do so. Together, we can nurture resilient kids, vibrant mothers, and a brighter future for the planet and the next generation. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about a really useful skill that I use in a lot of therapeutic work when I'm working with individuals, even when I'm working with couples, and also when I'm working with parents who are struggling with their, with challenging behaviors that their kids are having or hard times that their kids are having, and they're looking for ways to support their kids rather than getting stuck into power struggles. So this skill is called externalizing, and it comes from narrative therapy which um, is a really cool form of therapy that I delved into quite a few years ago now. And while externalizing is something that I learned from this type of therapy, it is one that comes up in quite a few other ones as well. It just um, is called various things and other, other modalities. The founder of narrative therapy has a quote that I really like that helps to explain externalizing. And that is the person is not the problem. The problem is the problem. And that really summarizes externalizing because with this, we want to separate ourselves or the struggle that we're having with our kids or with our partner. We want to separate whatever the issue is from us as people or from our kids. So if our kids are having a hard time with, they maybe say having a hard time with sibling rivalry and they're getting really angry and aggressive with their sibling, or they don't want to go to school and they're feeling really anxious about this. Our child isn't the problem in this situation. It's that sibling rivalry, the aggression that comes up, that's the problem or that anxiety, that school anxiety, that's the problem. So externalizing is such a powerful tool for us to use as parents in our own lives and in our parenting and our relationships to help to create some space between us and issue that we want to work on. And by doing so, we can actually more effectively help ourselves and help our kids and not rupture any relationships or cause any further unneeded distress in the process. So let's get into it. So people, we're not bad. We're not broken. Nobody is. We aren't. Our kids aren't. But there are times that we all struggle right? We struggle with uncomfortable emotions and expressing those in ways that aren't very helpful, such as us yelling or our kids having meltdowns. We also all sometimes have unhelpful habits that we develop, like arguing with our spouse or getting uh, attacking and defensive with our partners. And 
we all have difficult situations that we go through, like a child starting at a new school. These are just normal parts of life. However, too often we think that we are the problem or our kids or our spouse or our boss or whoever the other person is are the problem. But this is not true. And this belief is not helpful because it doesn't lead us to dealing effectively with the issue. Instead, it usually leads us to feeling hopeless, feeling shameful, blaming, attacking, or just staying stuck and not doing anything about the situation, about the problem. So externalizing can be a really helpful tool for overcoming this. It can aid in separating the person from the problem and seeing the problem with a more open, more curious perspective. And that allows us to manage the problem more easily. So what is externalizing? Well, for one, the purpose of externalizing is to separate people from problems. The people experiencing a problem, whatever that may be, is not the same thing as the problem itself. So we can often think that we, that there's something wrong with us or with wrong with somebody else. And that means that the problem has been internalized. So the person believes that there is something internal in them that is problematic. So this might be that we think that we're bad or we think we're unlovable or not good enough. And that can trigger shame. So if there's something like, say you're feeling really overwhelmed, really burned out, really tired, feeling like having thoughts that you're not being a good enough mother. If you internalize that and you think there's something like wrong with you for being that way, for being so tired, for snapping at your kids or whatever it is that you're doing, that might bring on those feelings of the belief of being that you're bad, that you're not good enough as a mother or as a person. And that can cycle into shame. And that is very, well, very unhelpful. And it's the same with our kids. If we think that there is something wrong with them because they are not dealing with their emotions well, they're not acting how we want them to with their sibling and they're they're hitting or they're calling them mean names and they're acting really unkind towards their sibling or towards us when we try to intervene. And that can, that internalizing there is that we can start seeing that our kids are, that there's something wrong with our kids, that they're bad or they're like not good enough and they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that is very unhelpful. So externalizing, this is the alternative to this internalizing. So externalizing places the problem outside of the person. And instead, it is a product of the situation, their history, even their culture. 
And it also enables us to take responsibility for our actions rather than just see it as, oh, well, this is just how I am. I'm not good enough mother. So there's nothing I can do to change how I'm responding. So it's actually, it creates that space between the person and the problem, but it also is really empowering because it shows that, well, it's just behavior. We're just acting in ways that we don't want to, or our child is acting in ways that are unhelpful, but that doesn't mean that at the core, there's something that's wrong with us or with them. And therefore there's so much that we can do about it. So it's really, really empowering, which is exciting. It does create that space between us and our problems. And that allows us to think um, that that is just our behavior. That, and it helps us to stop thinking that we are personally, there's something wrong with us and that we are the problem or that our child is the problem. So I want you to take a moment to think about something that you're currently having trouble with. This might be that you are feeling really overwhelmed, really tired, exhausted, like you're not doing a good enough job as a mother, or maybe it's that you're feeling depressed or you're procrastinating on an important task, that you're struggling with insomnia. Or maybe you wanna think about something that you're dealing with with your children. So maybe it's that you're struggling to get them to bed early and that that's always a big battle or that your child is having difficulty making new friends at a new school or transitioning to a new school. It could even be that you're arguing with your partner a lot. So there's endless things that you can apply it to. But as we talk more about this, I think it can be useful to just Think about how you could apply it to a situation in your own life. Because when we start applying the things that we learn about to our own life, that's where the magic happens. That's where we start being able to open up our own perspective and start taking effective action. So you may even want to pause it here and write a few things down. Or if you have something, we can continue. So something really useful to think about is how we talk about whatever our problem or struggle is. Depends on their wording. You can really internalize something or it, you can create that space, that externalizing of it. So say you are struggling with feeling, maybe you're struggling with insomnia. If you say, I'm an insomniac, I can never sleep, I have insomnia, that's all of those ways of saying that are quite personal, they're quite internal, they're a part of you, it's part of your identity. But if you instead change that wording to saying, the insomnia, or sometimes I have trouble sleeping. 
that can, that slight change of wording from say my insomnia to the insomnia, various things like that, that subtle change of wording can be really impactful because it does then just start to separate you from that problem. And then it's not like there's something at your core that's wrong with you that you'll never be able to sleep again. You can start addressing it and looking at, well, why do I sometimes struggle with that? And another thing about wording is how we interact with others can really, really be helpful or harmful. So here's an example of looking at this, say, within a couple, and they're talking about some issues. So we're going to compare two different ways of wording. So this first one is, say, one of the partners is saying, you you don't listen. You don't support me. You just yell and you leave. You don't care. What's wrong with you? That language is, especially that you, you, you part is blaming and insinuates that the other partner is not good enough. They're bad or they're at fault. And that's quite internalizing. It's a view of saying that there's something like, what's wrong with you? That's very permanent and like internal. And it can cause a lot of defensiveness in the partner. And this can even cause a lot of damage and a rift between the partners. So then if we think about a different way of wording between partners, think about this. We are caught in the same argument again. This arguing sorry, this arguing is not helping us and is making both of us more upset. This arguing has become a bad habit that we seem to get stuck in. It is pushing us apart. So notice how this responds. It's not blaming, it's not attacking or implying that there's something wrong with the other person or something wrong with that person. So the language like, this arguing rather than you yelling helps to separate the person from the problem so that they can actually see what the problem is and start working on it. So it's a problematic pattern that these people are in. That's the problem. It's not that the people in it are evil or bad or that there's something wrong with them, but the way that they're interacting isn't helpful. So when we can change our wording to be more focused externally and causing that space, that can be really, really helpful. And we can do this with our kids too. So you can say, you know, at bedtime, say, say you're having that bedtime struggle, you know, you're trying to get your kids to go to bed early and they're not. And you can say, we keep getting in this cycle where I'm ready for bed and you want to keep playing. We keep arguing and this isn't fun for either of us. This is a bad habit that we keep getting stuck in. And I want to be able to have a nice time together. Like what can we do together to problem solve around this and, you know, make going to bed more fun for everybody rather than saying like, you need to go to bed now. You always stay up late. Why are you such a night owl? 
your brother is not that way. You know, all those things that can be really harmful and really internalizing helping, well, unfortunately fostering that identity that they do stay up late and possibly there's something wrong with them because they do so. And that can cause a lot of strain in the relationship. So the wording that we use can be really, really important. So start looking at the wording that you use when you're talking about your own problems in your mind, or when you're telling other people about them, when you're interacting with your partner or your kids, when you're having um, struggles with them and see if you can start using more externalizing language. So using like, we are caught in this situation, whatever the situation is, like we are in this bad habit, this problem. So it could be like this bedtime issue or whatever it is using that sort of language rather than like you do this, you, this, what's wrong with you. So see if you can start picking up on the language that you're using with yourself and with those around you and try to change it and notice what that does. Notice how you started feeling and how your perspective broadens in that situation. And also start to notice how the other person responds. They probably aren't going to get as defensive and angry. And you can actually come to some sort of problem solving and resolution together, which is awesome. So a few ways that can be really fun to help use externalizing with kids outside of you just noticing your perspective and changing the words that you use is to do a few different things. One is naming the problem, describing the problem is another one, and then drawing the problem. So this is lots of fun, even for adults, but it's great to do with your kids. So for naming the problem, this can be a really quick one. So you can think or talk about whatever the struggle is that you're dealing with and then give it a name. So for the sibling rivalry issue, when the one kid is trying to be quite acting and mean and um, aggressive ways towards their sibling, that child might call that behavior the meanie or an adult who is feeling depressed quite often might call it the depression rather than I'm depressed or my depression or a little child who is quite shy and timid in their behavior might call that aspect of their behavior miss shy. So you can use any kind of name. It can be the monster. It can be anything. So you can try coming up with ideas for yourself for any issue that you personally are struggling with. You know, it can be, if you keep procrastinating on a task, it can just be the procrastination. It doesn't have to be anything like um, super creative, but it can be if you want it to be. And yeah, for your child, just ask them, give them some examples of what you maybe are using in your life for issues that you're struggling with. And they can come up with really cool ones themselves. And you can also name the problem that you're having like in interactions with people. So that bedtime issue, it could be called like the bedtime monster. And you can be like, oh, the bedtime monster is here again. We keep 
arguing with each other when the bedtime monster pops up. So it can be something that you start using in situations with your kids or with whoever you're struggling with to help to immediately start creating that space and bring a little fun to situations because sometimes we can just be a little bit too serious. The second thing is describing the problem. So this can be really fun too. So once you've named it, you can start asking your child um, all these questions. So you can ask them like, what does this problem look like? So what does the meanie look like? What shape is the meanie? What size is it? Where is it located in your body or is it outside your body? And if so, where is it? What color is the meanie? What texture is it? Is it soft? Is it hard? Is it squishy? How much does it weigh? Is it heavy? Is it light? Does it move? Does it stay still? And if it moves, like what kind of movements does it make? And does it make any noise? And if so, what sort of noises do it make? Does it make? So that can be really fun to do to help again to separate your child from any issue that they're struggling with or um, that you're struggling with or a is a little bit trickier to use in those situations where it's an interaction, but you absolutely can. It just, um, you just need a little bit of creativity and it's fun. And then a third useful way to increase that space between you or your child or both of you and an issue is drawing the problem. So once you've named it, you can describe it and then draw it, or you can go right into drawing it and just like grab some paper, some pencil, some crayons, paint, whatever you have, whatever you want to use. And just like tell them, Hey, let's draw a little, little Mr. Um, anxious. And, and then they can go for it and draw it. And it's really fun to do this. If you are um, having any issues within yourself, it's really fun to like do yours at the same time as your kid because that helps to model that it's normal to do this kind of thing. And it also helps you to process any struggle that you're going through. So you might as well do it at the same time, right? So I hope that that has been helpful to give you just another little tool to have in your toolkit when you're dealing with any of your own challenges or any interactions that keep coming up between you and important people in your life or any issues that you see that your kid is really struggling with. It can be so helpful to use this externalizing skill to help just create that space, create that breathing room so you guys can interact in a more helpful relationship bonding way and problem solve and come up with some really cool ways to deal with the situation or accept the situation if there's nothing you can change about it and not be so stuck in fighting with it or fighting with each other. So give that a go. I do suggest that you just take a moment after this to go back to any of those problems that you wrote down near the beginning and see if you can go through naming it and describing it or drawing it. Or when you're with your kids next, 
you know, try this out, ask them about something that they're struggling with. Cause you know, what's going on in their lives. You can just ask them about one of the, one of the various things that you notice keeps coming up for them and see if they want to get some crayons out and have some fun. So enjoy that. It can be a lot of fun working through our challenges. It doesn't always have to be super serious and intense. Fun can be so, so helpful in processing hard things and challenges that we're having. So I will see you next time. Take care. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild and Well podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and please share with like-minded mothers. A review wherever you listen to your podcast is greatly appreciated as it helps to get the show out to even more mothers and families. Together we can nurture thriving kids, vibrant moms, and a brighter future for the next generation. Disclaimer, the information in this podcast is intended as educational in nature and is for informational purposes only. It is not personal health advice or indicative of a therapeutic relationship, and it should not be used to prevent, diagnose, or treat health problems. If any of the information in this podcast resonates with you, consult a qualified healthcare practitioner to discuss what works best for you in your unique situation.